We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 546 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Era Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and of course, this would have come out within a few hours after El Clasico or the Spanish Super Cup version, if you still want to call that El Clasico. Yeah, if Barcelona would have won the match, or it wouldn't have been something so, we'll say, melancholy, then I would have gone right into the lab and got to this match review. But instead, this is hours afterwards, I've taken a breath, it's the next morning, and I've tried to figure out what it is I'm actually going to take in the big picture from this match, as opposed to kind of just nitpicking about what the problems were in the moment and feeling reactionary about it. You know how I like to do it. So if you like that measured take, if you like the calm that I try to bring to even disappointing matches like this, then of course, subscribing to the channel, helping me out on Patreon and the merch store are the best ways to help out the show. But without further ado, we got to dive in. The 4-1 loss in the Spanish Super Cup final to Real Madrid for Barcelona. Here's those five headlines. Headline one is Xavi's apology. Let's start at the end and then we go backwards because I do want to jump right into the big picture. I look at who doesn't subscribe or who does subscribe and watches these videos and I watch how long people stick around before they jump off. So I'm starting with the big picture stuff at the end. I hope I have your attention here because Xavi apologized. He knows what was wrong with that match. And the real question that Kool-Aid have to ask themselves, and I'm doing the same thing here, is that is this project something that Xavi, of course, says he still believes in? Is it something that Xavi is going to be able to fix? Or is Xavi just, even in the long run, not the right man for the job? I have reiterated over and over again, and I'll say it again here to all the people in the comments saying Xavi out already, that Xavi will be around at least until the summer. But I can tell you with the pressure that has been mounting all season long, going back to even last March and April, Barcelona played well enough from January to basically mid-March last year to shore up the Liga trophy. But they limped to the trophy in April and May. And they picked up right where they left off, basically in August of this season. Some injuries got in the way, of course. Gavi going out for the whole year is a huge excuse for how important he has been to this squad. But one player does not a team make. Pedri is just coming back for the upteenth time. And of course, De Jong and Gundogan lost about two months of time together to figure some things out. But still, the profiles of the team don't seem to fit the vision that Xavi has. And because of the financial issues with the club, Gandalf isn't coming over that hill for you Lord of the Rings fans in his white robe. It's just not happening. Deco and Xavi both admitted afterwards as well to Movie Star that, yeah, 
likely there is no transfer coming unless, yeah, Laporta might be in Saudi Arabia as well to be making some dealings. I never really liked that idea of an influx of cash to get you out of one little jam. No, get your revenue that you promised in the annual reports, save up your money and do your business in the summertime. And if that means some difficult decisions for players, the club, yeah, they might want to keep, but you know, if you get rid of them now, it would help the club out in the long run. And we are saying names like Rafinha or Kunde in that statement, then you got to make those decisions come the summertime. But for now, this is the squad you got. This is the manager you got. And if Xavi doesn't win any of those other three trophies, then even though he won the two trophies last season, the pressure will very much be on Xavi. And that's going to be more pressure coming from within the club than anybody on social media or in my comments saying Xavi out could possibly bring him. There were a bunch of quotes that you'll see circulating around that Xavi said in the post-game presser, but the one that stuck out to me was, we are at our worst today in the worst scenario possible, and it's a trophy loss. I am responsible, I accept the criticism, and we will keep working hard. And that is that contradiction I've always felt with Xavi. I think his ideas from the jump coming in and as he continues to evolve as a manager and improve as a manager, I do trust the person. And what he means to the club, I think, does go a long way for the players still believing him. I really do think that the players want to fight and want to play for him. They want to play for the crest and he will figure it out. But that timeline for when he'll figure it out. And as far as these bumps in the roads being just bumps in the roads, can he figure it out? There are so many times when Xavi starts with the right idea. I feel like he gets his tactics right. But then the team concede an early goal. And I didn't say individuals. I said a team. I'm going to bring up certain individual players. But Xavi knows it. He admitted the criticism. And there are times when I'll say, hey, this player could have finished a chance. Or this player should have defended better. And we can pin some of those lost points on players. This time around and this trophy loss, Xavi knows it's on him. Headline two is wrong from the start. Now let's dive into the game. I know it's almost 24 hours after the fact that you're probably watching this or listening to this, but still we got to go over it again because I think from the start, Xavi's smarter than me, but I did disagree with Ronda Rahu at right back and Vinny Jr. I know he was going to be out wide, but he does his most dangerous playing off of Bellingham. So does Rodrigo. We've seen it time and time again that they start from wide, of course. If they can take on the outside back, they do. But those runs in behind against a high line, it just felt amateur from Xavi. And I know that word seems harsh, but that's what it was. It seemed like it was going to be an okay start for Barcelona with a good tackle from Christensen in the second minute. And I did see with this starting lineup that the numerical overloads on the right, you could see what the ideas were. And I understand that they were hoping to, as a team, move into the second and third phases of play, not really play on the counterattack much today, but overload on the right in buildup and then get that ball over to the left side, ball it, and just move that ball around horizontally until they open something up. And the other idea with having those numbers on the right was to have the option of either Roberto or Lewandowski or Torres to run in between that space between Mendy and Nacho. So I do think that Xavi identified where Real Madrid were going to have their issues. But from the jump, I thought Ferland Mendy was good in this game. That wound up being a problem, but not one that Barcelona shouldn't be able to solve. The first chance came in the fifth minute. Gundogan to Varen Torres couldn't get a shot off with a flick attempt. And from here on out, we're talking about Real Madrid, unfortunately. Because the seventh minute, Bellingham plays through Vinny Jr. Should Eniaki Pena have come out was my first question here. And it was a moment I missed Ter Stegen. But Christensen had stepped high. Baldi and Kunde were split. It was disjointed. And again, when I name so many players, the finger that I point first, of course, goes to Xavi here. 
Bellingham was also allowed to turn and deliver the ball. So again, the midfield, the pressure was disjointed. We've seen this so many times. Barcelona just, they can't play that high line because of the personnel they have up top. I'm not in this game even blaming either Lewandowski or Roberto or Pedri or Balde or Ferran Torres. But because Xavi decided to try to overload the midfield and play with those four midfielders, that meant Balde was stuck upfield and Real Madrid feasted on that space. It could have been 2-0 moments after that first goal, though. Iñaki Pena gets a save on Rodrigo moments later. But again, that was moments after that even, that the 10th minute goal, the second goal of the game was scored, Rodrigo Davini Jr. That curling run in behind the high line and the one that made me smack my head. That This was the ugly one, the second goal here. Vini Jr. slides in. Good pass by Rodrigo. Doesn't matter. Barcelona and that high line without any pressure. Balde yards behind Christensen and Koundé said his positioning today was frustrating because in the time that he wasn't caught upfield, he was, and again, that's not his fault. It's structural. Then he's getting back and that high line just wasn't working with the timing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol or Piquet and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. 
Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Headline three, Lewandowski's lifeline. Here's the one compliment I can give as we neared that goal that was scored by Barcelona in the first half, that they did find a way to settle down to a point. The 12th minute, Torres hits the bar. And this is the moment we start to say, what if? Because if that hits the underside of the bar, it's 2-1 in the 12th minute. Maybe it's game on at that point. Lewandowski also forced a save then on the rebound. Torres, another wide chance in the 21st minute. And then the 28th minute, Torres stopped by Lunin's foot. He was good in this game, the goalkeeper for Real Madrid, on a shot with the right power, but a tough angle there. Really nice pass by Pedri to play him through. And targeting for Lamenti, as I said, he was good on the day, but that was the idea, and I think Barcelona just failed to execute. Defensively, this game could have also been worse at that point, but there were good individual stops by Araujo, Kunde, and Christensen in the first half to save off some of the danger. And here comes the Lewandowski lifeline. 33rd minute, Lewandowski faded to the top of the box, Gundogan dribbling into the space, Baldes cross got headed out, didn't matter, Lewandowski didn't even let this one drop. On the volley, a beautiful goal by Lewandowski. Lunin got a little hand on the deflection, but he didn't get all of it, and Lewandowski powered it in, giving Barcelona, I thought, a little bit of hope. But unfortunately, that momentum dried up almost immediately because the 37th minute yellow card and penalty on Araujo, Vinny Jr. was in on goal, Chuamani delivered it, and Araujo, he brought him down. He was behind him, wrapped up the neck area, and that is a rather easy call. You can point to other moments in previous Clasicos, like one where Araujo was brought down, but that was a call for this game, and that was the easy penalty for me. Vinny Jr. scored the penalty, first half hat trick, even though Iñaki Pena guessed right, and there was a moment, I'm sitting there, and shout out member of the Facebook group, Eric Dobrin, I watched the game with him, and we're sitting there on the couches, and I'm like, ah, Iñaki Pena does have a good track record against penalties but not a big sample size as the netminder for the first team. And even though he guessed right, couldn't save it. Pedri was also just wide with the last kick of the first half. And at that point, though, the last five to six minutes after the third goal was scored by Real Madrid, I'm just thinking, goodness, Barcelona, total lack of pressure on the ball, and they needed halftime in a hurry. Headline four is same but different. Xavi did try to change it up in the second half. So it wasn't just Barcelona being flat again. Roberto starts the second half pressing on the right. It's Pedri to the left, and Gundogan also pressing higher up with the young deeper. But Gundogan's still deeper in buildup. So the new idea was to get Pedri a lot of space on the ball, and I think the idea was to overload that right side now to try to execute on the space in between Nacho and Mendy with runners, including continuing to get Torres that space in behind, and then having Roberto there as well to run in behind. But I also thought it was to protect that right side a little bit, and again, allow Gundogan to drop in behind Pedri and kind of just give Pedri the keys to the castle and give Balde less responsibility on that left side. I thought, unfortunately, offensively, Balde was just not moving the ball quick enough. And some people say he's also being rushed. I don't feel like he's rushing things. I just feel like he's making the right choice, but he's making it too late. And it's not happening immediately, which goes to show a bit of instruction. And that's on Xavi and the coaching staff here. Again, I do absolve Balde of much of this blame. He's being asked to do too much. By the 61st minute, Xavi wanted to change things up. Lamine Yamal, Xavi Felix, and Fermi Lopez on for Roberto, Pedri, and Torres, which all made sense to me. At halftime, I predicted who was coming out and who was coming on for him, and this made total sense to me. But their efforts were in vain. In the 
four to five minutes it usually takes for players to kind of find a game or warm up into a game. They were only on the field for three minutes before Real Madrid put in the fourth. Vinny Jr. crosses in. Koundé gets a touch on it, but didn't clear it. You got to get more on it, Koundé, but it was more reactionary. And again, it's hard to fault him. Just that cross can't come in, and there's got to be more bodies to it. I think it was Gundogan who hadn't stepped in front of Rodrigo and right there at the right place and time to finish it. And of all these goals, that was the one goal that I felt was kind of unavoidable. Again, that's just a little bit of luck that happened. The first two goals, I said, were just naive. You can't play that high line when you don't have good enough pressure higher up the field. And when you don't have ball winners, Frankie de Jong and Gundogan, well, they didn't win a lot of balls in comparison to some of the other players in their team. Last season for Barcelona, the two players who won the most balls back was Busquets and Gabi. And because one of them transferred out and the other one is out for the season, without a ball winner, you've just got to stay at home with that. You've got to be unnatural to who you are. I mean, this season with who Barcelona has in their personnel, you got to play a mid block. I'm not saying a low block. I'm not saying defend for your life, but you got to play a medium block at times and sit in, build up as a team, but don't get too high. Be more conservative and take a few more chances towards goal. It can't be a perfect, beautiful goal. You've got to make your own luck. Ferran Torres is on that field to run in behind. So I don't care if you're spamming balls. I'm not saying crossing them in. I'm saying direct through the middle of the field because then you don't have enough ball winners to contend on the counter. Headline five is ended by a red because this game was over in the 71st minute with the second yellow to Araujo. And this one, unlike the penalty, I thought it was a bit soft for the second yellow. He definitely fouled him. It's a foul. But I think the yellow was a bit harsh here. And maybe the ref was responding to an earlier argument on the penalty that Araujo had made and a few other little tackles here and there. But I didn't think that Araujo had done enough. I thought Frankie de Young, with the number of tackles that he had and the way that they were, I thought he deserved the yellow instead. But no, it goes to Araujo. It's his second yellow. Game's over at that point. 79th minute, Real Madrid chance for Brahim Diaz. Bellingham shot, cleared off the line by Koundé. So there's even some incredible saves made by Barcelona, as I said, with Araujo and Christensen and Koundé. And I thought Nyaki Pena had two good saves in this game too. This could have been a lot worse, which again is a structural issue and not an individual player issue. 80th minute, Joe Felix doing well. I, I thought he really added something to this game. Gets a shot off that's saved by Lunin. Fermin and Gundogan get it to him, but a lot of work still left to do. Did excellent to flick it to himself and get the shot off, but still too little, too late, and not enough players because Barcelona ended the game with 10. What is the faith in the project? What can Xavi do to figure out some of the issues here? I think everybody's got their own ideas. I have other podcasts to talk about, so I'm going to leave this one as just a review. But this week on Thursday is that Copa del Rey match. Again, I might be talking to you before then. If I do come up with some good ideas, I will. If not, I'll definitely see you on Thursday. Win or lose to Real Madrid. Yeah, it's a missed trophy, but there's still opportunities. And I'm still going to be as optimistic as I can. Because as always, until next time, for some more stuff.